Hello, hello, everybody. It's 8.26 p.m. Central Time on the 4th of April, 2023. It's Tuesday here in the United States, Wednesday already internationally, and I hope you're doing well. We've got some pretty serious earthquake activity to talk about that's developed since my last update. So let's go ahead and turn on a display capture just so you can see everything on the screen a little bit better. And we're going to start with our deep earthquakes. The deep earthquakes are raised high off the planet so that you can see them easily. And we have three sets or four if you go all the way over to the Mideast, spanning, I would say, almost the whole planet from Central America to Fiji, all the way over to Malaysia, going up into Philippines, and then beyond all the way to the tip of Afghanistan, meeting into the Pakistan and India border region. Now, multiple deep earthquakes like this spread out across the whole planet indicates there's something going on down below several plates, not just one. There's something going on down below, for instance, the Cocos Plate, all the way over in Central America and below Fiji on the opposite side of the Pacific. So let me show you which plates are moving, what's going on down below, and then we'll talk about the big earthquakes that hit today because this is what the significant result of the deep earthquakes is, big earthquake activity. And so we get a deep earthquake over here on the east side of the Pacific, on the east side of the Cocos Plate, and we get deep earthquake activity below Fiji and below Indonesia going up into Philippines. So three sets of deep quakes there, then going all the way over to India, further beyond. So that's three plates in all connecting across half the planet, or you could even say the whole planet. The only spot missing a deep earthquake is below Europe for it to go all the way around the entire planet. So something's coming up from down below, and now that gets us into the large earthquakes up above so yesterday we had our seven. That was the big earthquake at Papua New Guinea. I did a video on it. Followed up by a new 6.1 to 6.5. Some debate on that, but we'll go with the USGS 6.1. I had issued a warning right here at Sumatra, Indonesia. Talked about it in my video. Within hours of the video going out, this hit. So check that one off the list. Then we also got a 6.5, same day as the 7.0, up here up at Kamchatka, Russia. Now that's, again, three significant earthquakes in their own right. Now, sandwiched in between all three, a new 6-point-something, 6.2 to 6.5, struck at Philippines. Take a look at it in the last day and a half. Look what's moving. Then, today, just within a few hours, this hit, a new 6.3 to 6.5 struck on the opposite side of the plate over at Panama, Central America, as well as a 6 striking down where our big arrow points down to the south, down in Chile. USGS brought it down to 5.9. This is all in the last two days, guys. So it's pretty obvious we're seeing a slight increase, and we know there was going to be an increase because of the amount of solar activity. We had the big northern lights experience coming down to the United States, lower 48, as well as Europe and over in Asia. The northern lights is charge in the atmosphere, electricity. The glow, the air glow from the charged particles hitting the Earth's atmosphere and ionosphere from the solar wind and charged particles in the solar wind, it goes to ground. When it goes to ground, it really goes to ground. It goes all the way down to the core, which is an electroplasma. 
That electroplasma is vibrating like a bass drum down in the core of the earth. It's not a solid ball of metal. And it's vibrating up very low frequency, which then comes up as our deep quakes. And then we see our shallow or larger quakes spread out. So shallow, large quake, shallow, large quake, shallow, large quake, shallow, large quake, shallow, large quake. Five of them in the last two days across the whole Pacific on both sides. Now, this was forecast. We were looking for this to happen. We were looking for the same-sized earthquakes to go up here towards Alaska, to go over here towards Central America and down into South Tip of South America and beyond. We're looking for it to go down to South Sandwich Islands. We're looking for this to come into Alaska in the next few days south of Anchorage. We're also looking for 5.0 level activity to come into the United States. But I don't want to get ahead of myself. This is all what we're dealing with now, large earthquake-wise. Hence my new video. And I don't know what we're going to title it yet, but a significant seismic increase over the past few days. Maybe something like that in the title. Now we're not done yet. Smith Island was struck. I mentioned Smith Island at the bend of the plate south of Myanmar last week in my update. Smith Island has now been hit right next to it. New 5, as well as Siberia and China. Now, China was hit 4.6. That's almost two days ago. There we go, one and a half days ago. That is the spot where we were looking for a new break to take place, but we're looking for a 6. So now we have to look between our sets of quakes here, 4.6, and here, 4.6, and find the halfway point. That puts us more into, we have two choices. One, to the north, up at Taklamagan Desert. Two, to the south, on the plate boundary, down at Nepal. And I have to make the call on this now. It's like a giant triangle of quakes. And which way is the energy going to flow? Well, let's go take a look, and I'll tell you how I'm going to come to the conclusion. I'll do this live for you. So we have three sets of quakes pointing like an arrow or a triangle over across the north side of the Indo-Australian plate. Where's the next quake going to strike? Well, look at the red line. You see the red line? That's the plate boundary. That's the way the wave should normally go. Now, the wave has already gone up into central China, hence our new 4.6 here. Now, the 4.6 and so forth coming out of the north, or 4.2, is coming from an entirely different direction. It's coming from up this way. Now, both are pinching together here on the Taklamakan Desert. So while I would normally look down at Nepal... Because we have energy coming in from the north this way, and they're both coming together here, I'm going to issue the warning for the Taklamakan Desert, western China. So we're going to shift the warned area from where the 4.6 is here over to where the arrow is here for a 6.3 to 6.5 to strike. Now check it out. Gulf of Aden. Over here, 5.5. Why does that matter? It's out in the ocean. Most people wouldn't even care. It really struck out here. See where the red line goes over into Yemen and then up through the Red Sea? Now, the red line also goes up in the number 7-shaped Carlsberg Ridge and goes up into Iran with a new earthquake there. So, this hit, when did this 5.5 strike? Last night? Okay. So, when this hit last night, we would then expect a flow to go up into Egypt, Israel, and Turkey... And to go the other way, up the number 7 shape bend, if this is a fork in a river, the river is going to go both ways. It should preference slightly this way to the west and to the north, up into Turkey. But should also flow up into Pakistan, over into Iran. So we're going to see two new sets of 5.5s, something like that, 
break out up. A pretty rare 5.5. Strike right here at the bend of the plate, going up into Egypt. See how we go up and then up into Israel. And we go up into Iran. We're going around Saudi Arabia. And if we break here, should go up to the north on both sides. Five on one side, five on the other. Should come back together in Turkey. Turkey's about to take a step back up. Unfortunately, it looks like we're going to go back up into 5.5 range in Turkey. Where are we now? We're at mid-range 4. So we're going to take a step up in Turkey by a full magnitude in the next few days. Get ready for it. Anything above 5 is enough to cause damage. And with the already compromised structures, get the warning out. Now, I'm not issuing a warning for anything bigger than that. I flopped on Turkey. I'm sorry. I flopped on Greece this past week. So I'm not issuing any warnings for the Mediterranean until I figure out where the energy is gone or going. Now, the good news is, is it looks like I may have an answer. Do you guys remember in my last update, or maybe it was two updates ago, I brought up the Tunisia-Algeria border region. One of my viewers had written me and was telling me, uh, you know, hey, such and such about Albania up here. And I had said something about I was going off on Europeans. I was apologizing. This is my apologizing video. Uh, that I made a few videos back, just two videos ago, apologizing for all the impersonations that I've done of different accents. (laughs) Anyway, uh, a a viewer from Albania writes me, and I go, oh, you remember when I confused Albania with Algeria? Ha ha, I said it was both L-A-L letters start the the name of each country. That should help, and uh, of course it didn't. He laughed, of course. Anyway, I started talking about Tunisia and Algeria. Well, here's Tunisia on the right-hand side, or east side, and Algeria's on the west side. Now it's been hit, but why? Not because I was talking about it. The reason I was talking about it is because this is there, the red line. And it passes right through each spot. We're looking for the flow to go across over to Gibraltar, where we should get a break in North Morocco. So it's taken three weeks for this to take place, maybe even a month. It might be a month. It's taken a month for this to happen, for the flow to come across North Africa. Since the Turkey break, it has taken a long time for the flow to resume back over to the west. Hence our lack of earthquakes down at Gibraltar, lack of earthquakes down at the Canaries, lack of earthquakes out at the Azores. This is like a river, and the flow was cut off back at Turkey. And it's been bouncing around in Turkey for weeks and weeks and weeks and breaking and breaking and breaking. Now it's broken all the way across Turkey. That happened yesterday. Yesterday, fours broke from the central north to central central to central south. All fours in a day across the whole country, indicating something shifted, shifting, and that's, I guess, partially good news, partially bad. The good news is some of the flow went out over to the west. The bad news is, look what's coming our way. It's like a huge storm dropping a bunch of water into a river, and it's going to be flowing out towards Europe again. It's going to go through Turkey again. I'll be doing another forecast and another update before this gets to here, hopefully. should take a few days, and we're going to be talking about this for the next several days. Let's recap. Huge earthquake activity. Just straight up. I mean, a professional's not going to come out and tell you this. By the way, they've never had. When the Japan mega quake happened, the 9.0, they said it was normal.
You'll never catch a seismologist, geologist, or anybody, any emergency manager, or any mainstream news ever telling you there's a seismic increase ever, anywhere, ever. Go look. You'll, you'll never see it. It's never been said. They always say it's normal and regular, no matter where it is. And it's not. We're taking a slight step up now from where we were, which was lower. I've seen way more. I've seen 5,000 earthquakes in a week. Right now, we're at 2,279 for the past seven days. So we're at half the number that I've seen peaking out and crashing earthquake 3D. That was back in 2018. And we're not at the peak size of earthquakes. I saw that back in 2011 and 2012. The 9.0 in Japan and the 8s that followed it up over here in the Indian Ocean and the 7s that went all the way around the plate, including the United States. The same day that Hurricane Sandy was making landfall in 2012. 7.7 struck on the West Coast. So, we've seen bigger and we've seen more. But that doesn't mean that we shouldn't pay attention to this big increase that's taking now. The big increase from what? From where we were, which was low. We went, I think, a few months without any 7.0 level activity during the winter few months so here we are now we're banging around with a bunch of mid-range sixes and a seven new deep earthquake activity and all sides of the plate shifting now let's get into the united states and hawaii hawaii got hit 4.1 usgs (laughs) 3.9 in our warned area in our warned spot and they did it again guys i'm telling you i'm telling you i told you i'm going to start accepting within two magnitudes so it's a direct earthquake forecast hit there it is I'm adjusting my acceptable earthquakes that hit an area by a full magnitude. I accept within two. So if I issue a warning for a five and a three hits the spot, it's a it's a hundred percent hit. They said it was impossible to know a location or a time for an earthquake. So magnitude kind of doesn't matter, does it? It's the third check mark on the list that I don't actually have to hit. And if I do, I'll put it within two magnitudes. So that that way, they'll have to edit earthquakes if they're doing what I think they're doing which is taking earthquakes down just beyond the one magnitude threshold so I can't count it as a hit. I know it sounds petty, but I really think that's happening. I'm going to adjust it to two. So they'll have to take fours down to ones or twos. They'll have to take sixes down to fours. So a huge earthquake hits on the west coast of the United States, knocks down entire buildings, destroys everything, and uh, they'll have to list it as a four. Okay. So, a 4.1, 4 point something came rolling in here down right where we issued the warning for up to a 4.9. I issued a warning for up to a 4.9 to strike here. A 4 point something hit. They brought it down to 3.9. It's getting pretty consistent. It's getting pretty weird. Let's talk about California now, shall we? All my California viewers, everybody writing me, Dutch, we just got a pretty good shake up here. And, uh, wow, you know. And then another guy wrote, and he's like, hey, don't wake me up before there's a five. I'm like, bro, I don't know, man. You don't want to flirt around with that. Haven't you ever seen the movie 2012? Let's go to Trace Pinos, California, and just go see what's there. I'm pretty sure I already know what's at the location, but a picture speaks a thousand words. Although I should probably speak a thousand words since we're here on YouTube, right? Let's see if I'm right about my suppositions about this. Yep, 
All right. Yeah, we are. We're right next to the unnamed mine that I found just by accident. We were out here looking around. And I saw that. And I was like, wow, hey, wow, looks like they've been digging in the ground there a long time ago. Some kind of unnamed mine out there. But then there's something up on top and a landfill over to the east. I'll tell you what. I, I When I see stuff like this, I start to wonder. They're doing the big landfill on one side. You've got this where they're doing this. Again, we've got, look. Landfill? I don't know. The reason I get suspicious is because we find a lot of these earthquakes next to these landfills and trash dumps. And then we find weird features like mines and old bastion forts and other things that have been hidden by the professionals or the government or whatever. But yet they're mining them and trying to extract whatever is in them, get the out under the cover of some other operation. And it sounds like a conspiracy, but I'm not joking. This is really happening. Anyway, here's another spot where it's happened again. Now, the previous one was up here, and let me just show you. Up, right. Well, if I can even find the dang place. I thought I had a place marked for it, but I don't. Anyway, we had an earthquake up here in the Bay Area. And El Cerrito, I think, was the location, but I don't have a place marked on here. And it was below a satellite array, antenna array, and recycling. So here it is. This is it. A 4.1. Sound familiar? 4.1? 4.9 struck here originally, and it was down below this. Now, this is 250 feet high, but this is an old bastion fort. It really is. And in the middle of it is a satellite array, which is so odd, and a recycling center, trash dump. Now, the way I found this was an earthquake struck directly below the center, 5.0. They downgraded it to 4.1, which was suspicious. But then I saw it, and I was like, wow, hold on. This is 250 feet high, exactly 250 feet long from point to point on each point. And in the middle, somebody took the time to build a satellite array and recycling center. So an earthquake below there at a bastion fort. I start finding these things all over the place. It's getting a little suspicious. And we are finding them all over the place, all over the world. And the way we're finding them is the earthquakes are striking below them. Now, it may have something to do with very low frequency. May very well have something to do with very low frequency. But who would build something that was capable of harnessing very low frequency a long time ago? And why would they build it along the San Andreas Fault right here where the earthquake is? And we are literally on the San Andreas. I do not exaggerate that these structures are directly along the outside edge of it. And here it is. It's a diagonal line that goes all the way down through California, of course, we're all familiar with the San Andreas. We've heard of it. Here's the Bay Area, and it, of course, extends down south, connects in, goes through L.A., and then turns into the Imperial Fault down to the south. Now, look at the quakes, and you'll see they match this perfectly. The whole San Andreas showing some movement now, going from north right at the Juan de Fuca, where our fours are out in the ocean, 
and going down and bending into this big stack of quakes here north of the Bay Area. Then going through the Bay Area, where I just showed you where we got our four, and then along the creeping section, going down to the valley. And one earthquake over in the valley, yesterday an earthquake over to the east. I'll get that out of there. Here's what hit today. So we're coming down the San Andreas. We're jumping in the valley again. Do I need to show everybody again what's there? New new viewers, every time I need to show them, right? Colinga. Thousand million times I've had to show this dang spot. But we jump off the San Andreas here like a train being derailed. Why are we jumping off and going off the San Andreas? Shouldn't we just carry on down to the south? Yes, you should normally. Mother Nature would have it that way. But humans stepped in and started drilling. And they drilled tens of thousands of points like this for oil and gas. Right along the San Andreas. Here's San Andreas, and here's where all of our drill points start. And I'm not exaggerating when I say tens of thousands. Just along through here. This whole thing is drilled. So somebody somewhere knew something a long time ago. Like a perforation in a cardboard box. Coming down, jumping over. Then we carry on momentum to the east by southeast and impact in down here next to this. Can you see it on the screen? Looks like sand dunes, doesn't it? Let's zoom in some more. Sand dunes maybe with ants on them or something. Ah, those aren't ants. Black gold. Every single one of those is an oil well. You start to get the picture of how big of a pumping operation that really is. And it goes on up here. And it carries on. It also goes on through the town, through Bakersfield, over through the farm fields, down through the farm fields. That's not for water. It's for oil and gas. Through the farm fields and carries on right down to here, right to the edge. And it makes a bend down through the desert. And makes a bend. Back across through the desert. Back up to our tens of thousands of drill points here. And look how many are here. We're going over the hills and through the woods. And there it is. San Andreas drilled right up to it. And guess which way the earthquakes go. They go down the creeping section, jump over into the valley. So this new 4.5 on the creeping section fulfills my warning for this week for the creeping section of the San Andreas. And that's the first actual hit on a forecast I've had in California in weeks. Things in California have been very odd, seismically speaking, but now here we are in the creeping section. And I mean the exact creeping section has been hit by a 4.5. To the south we go. There should be new activity breaking out down south that's fairly significant. That goes down right at the border. This goes into the L.A. Basin. So L.A. Basin south to the border itself, 200-mile stretch. And we already have small earthquake activity down here off the coast of Malibu. And if you don't know what's off the coast of Malibu, let me show you. Down here, absolutely beautiful. We have our continental shelf, of course, comes around to this. 
Now, I don't know what to make of this dang thing. Uh, maybe we should turn on our borders, labels, and places, see if it has a place mark still. There's been a battle on Google to add and remove a place mark on this dang thing right there. And I don't know what to make of it. It had a place mark that said unidentified submersible object base, a legit place mark. But it's gone now. The place mark is now gone. That's where we go to, though. That's where we start. Then we get down into L.A. itself, pull the coordinates right along the coast. San Pedro, California. I'm sure I've got some viewers down here. I don't know. Maybe I don't have any viewers on the West Coast. Down in L.A. What's going on? Long Beach. What's this place? Kind of big box store of some kind. You always need to check just to see if there's something worth mentioning. Ah, Trader Joe's. Too many yuppies in one spot caused an earthquake. They had too many cell phones. Okay, all right. Wow, we got a port right here. Big port. Port of Los Angeles right next to it within a mile. Anything else worth mentioning? Whoa. The Huffy Warehouse. Okay. All right. Well, all right. I just have to check. Again, you never know. You might find something. You might not. What's down there? What's this? Playground of some kind. You know, they put oil wells next to playgrounds here. Skate park. Okay, all right. Again, I have to look for oil wells. That's really what I'm spending the time here looking for. And for those of you who live in L.A., you know what I'm talking about. You'll be, like, driving down the road, and on the side of the road, there'll be a functional oil well next to a school or a playground or something. But I don't have the place marks for them, so I just literally have to visually inspect and see if there's any nearby. It's kind of a rudimentary, cursory way to do it. All right, nothing showing. Okay, that's good. Now, we have to bring up that there were former pumping operations here, but that goes back to the 1800s. It's actually further south along, south of Long Beach is where a lot of our old oil pumping operations were. I don't know about pumping operations that were here, but we're right next to the port, and look at our huge refinery. I mean, usually where they have the refineries, it's former pumping operation site. Oh, wait. Never mind. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Look at the. Look at this. Dear God, look at this. Look at all the pipelines coming in. Wow. Imagine you lived right there. Could you? Look at the golf course right there. Oh, wait. Is that a cemetery? Cemetery. Dude. All right. Oh, look where they put the high school. Right next to the pipeline. Z, plural. And the refinery. Wow. You know, I'm going to show you something. And then we're just going to think about it, okay? I'm going to show you something. Out here at my house. We just looked at the, the high school next to the refinery, and you're probably shaking your head, right? Okay. So out here at my house is this place, Defiance, Missouri. 
And I showed you guys this thing here before, and we talked about that. But this is the former Manhattan Project site where they processed all the uranium. Well, not all the uranium. A boatload of uranium got processed here for Manhattan Project. And it became radiologically contaminated. They had to dig it all up, and they put it into a big pile right here called the Weldon Spring Site Disposal Cell, and that's all rock on top of it. And it's huge. But look what they have right next to the... Look where they chose to put the disposal site. Francis Howell High School. Nuclear radiological site. They could put the pile anywhere. And they chose to put it next to the high school. So while you're thinking about those things, I want you to think about being prepared, looking out around you for things that professionals won't tell you about and that may have been deliberately put there to harm you. Things that may be being done by professionals and people in charge to harm you on purpose for some diabolical or unknown reason. Starting to look like that's actually happened and happening. And it looks like it happens with the earthquakes, too. The reporting and not reporting of earthquakes, the downgrading and hiding of the quakes, and so forth. Sounded like a conspiracy theory for many years. I don't blame people for saying it, but... I mean, you'd have to tell me it's chance or coincidence that they chose to put the radiological pile next to the high school that was already there. High school is already there. So... All right, anyway. You guys... You need to be prepared for earthquakes. You need to be prepared for severe weather. You need to be prepared for a lot of different things that are going on. And you know what? Speaking of severe weather, do you guys want to see something that got me in trouble 12 years ago that now is proved? Something that people said was me faking the weather radar. But I'm going to show you College of DuPage weather radar right now. And, of course, they had to take back what they said. Of course, I was not faking the radar. Uh, the skeptics weighed in on this, what I'm about to show you, and they said what you're about to see is birds and bugs. They're bats, if you know what I mean. They're nuts. Now, look down in New Mexico in the southwest. Watch that. Here, let me pause it. Now, you're going to see a bunch of gobbledygook in Oklahoma of crossing beams that happens before that last night. Looks like a hot mess. Coming out of the center of the United States, big excitement on a clear night. No clouds there. But what I want to show you is this. Coming out of the Air Force Base down here in New Mexico. It's not birds and bugs. It's not me faking this. This is a giant pulse from the next rad radar station going out much, much further than what we're told radar stations cover. We're told, and when they show us, maybe 100 to 200 nautical miles at the most. Is going out 500 in each direction. And let me go show you the station in question. And you can see it for yourself down here at the Air Force Base, Holloman Air Force Base, where they're apparently doing some work on the radar. Now, what I found, and I watched a NEXRAD training video from the National Weather Service that's been hidden on the Internet, by the way. I have copies of it. But that when they're pulsing this, they're bringing the Klystron they're tuning the klystron. Now, this is on a clear night. Now, the moisture return on this is intense. 
And we're going to go look at the storm total precipitation one hour. See if anything shows there. Yes. And storm total overall. So we're getting precipitation on a clear night from these pulses, as you can see clearly here on the screen, marked between a quarter to a half inch of precipitation in pulse areas, small pockets of precipitation being formed by the pulsing itself. We're going to go back to the reflectivity now and see what's going on here, right So it's functional, and now it's going out in all directions at once. How do they do that? This is in one one revolution, one shot of the screen capture of the radar. It should just be pointing one way. It's a dish. It's rotating, bringing it up to the highest tilt level, basically pointing straight up. And when it pulses, it pulses in high frequency, not microwave. Normally, we're using microwave, 2.7 gigahertz, uh, in the beam looking out that we were just seeing it go around in a right there. Okay, you're in gigahertz in microwave. But here, we're at about 19 megahertz, and it spreads out in all directions, which is how this got the slang term harp ring. Harp ring. It's not from harp in Alaska. This is a radar station pulsing. But it's pulsing in that low megahertz range, 19 megahertz, harp working at like 10 megahertz. So these pulses at 19 megahertz, very similar in there. You know, again, we're like point, we're nine megahertz off from the same megahertz level that harp is working on. But this is just 750,000 watts as opposed to harp with its billion watts. And this is just covering a few hundred miles, whereas HARP is projecting up over the North Pole and exciting an area to heated level of air glow like the Northern Lights from HARP. This doesn't have to glow the air. What this does is vibrate and resonate in the atmosphere up to the ionosphere and back to the transmitter. It goes back and forth between the center of here and up into the sky and back. And it bounces around for up to 72 hours. Usually we see severe weather form and go to the center of the transmitters that do this within 72 hours of them pulsing like this, usually. Why? Electrons scuffing your feet across the carpet, building up that charge. But the electrons are building up in the atmosphere, and you don't see them. This is all invisible to the human eye. And this is done, again, like I said, I have the training video from the National Weather Service that's been set into unlisted and they specifically talk about trying to reach the peak of 750,000 watts when tuning the klystron and pulsing it in pulse mode. So, there we go. Big radar signature coming from the location. Now, let's go and look at Oklahoma because of the crossing beams. You may remember, don't cross the beams. What was that from? Ghostbusters? But let's get a good look at this over in Oklahoma from last night. So did you know they cross microwave beams at CERN? High power microwave beams get crossed at CERN just like this. And where the beams cross, excitement takes place in CERN. The collision takes place. That's called the scalar Higgs boson experiments they're doing at CERN, where they take banks of klystrons, not just one like we're using in the next rads here. They have whole banks of klystrons 
connected together at CERN. And they accelerate those particles of whatever they're colliding. By the way, look at the two fronts colliding there. And where the collision happens at CERN, that's where the particles annihilate one another. Well, they're not annihilating particles here. They're crossing high-power microwave beams in this case. So this would be in gigahertz level. And where the beams cross, excitement happens. And we watch for up to 72 hours where the beams cross, and that would be central Oklahoma. Where are they crossing the beams? If you look real close, you'll see the beams are both crossing over the third radar station in the middle, and that's the NEXRAD National Weather Service office right here at Norman, Oklahoma. Twin Lakes, Oklahoma. They had to move it because so many tornadoes hit it. Not exaggerating. This is the spot that got that EF5 tornado and killed all those people. Uh, uh, not just this spot. It turns out if you live next to the NEXRAD radar station, you better watch out for tornadoes, guys. I don't care what state you're in. All right, here we go. So just looking at it here, uh, when we're where they're crossing the beams, look, right there, just a little excitement in the background clutter. That's background clutter, in case you don't know what background clutter is. But background clutter, not to be confused with a harpering. This is radar bloom. After sun sets, the radar blooms, if you will, and expands due to not being suppressed by the sunlight. Anyway... We're not worried about those. We are worried about the pulses of radar. So don't confuse the background clutter. All right? That's your harp ring education. And that got me in big trouble. Big trouble. I got listed as a threat on the Department of Homeland Security website over that. On September 11th, 9-11, 2011. They said I was a threat. They were worried that we were going to go blow up the radar stations because we were enraged by the severe weather being formed. It was the most asinine thing I've ever read. But no one's going to convince me I was wrong there because it happens now on a daily basis at all 50 stations across the country. Whenever they get a chance to influence the weather, they do. They will take out storms and form them. And there is a they. That means they know. Now, I'm not thinking it's a guy with a dial at the station. I'm thinking it's all controlled by a big AI system somewhere, by the military. It's got to be. There's no way it's people sitting there controlling it. No way. It's got to be done by AI. They would have a computer program that sits there and, and works all the stations in conjunction with one another, pulsing one and hitting the other, uh, turning one off and keeping one on, that kind of thing. Full weather modification, owning the weather by 2025. Go look it up. Owning the weather 2025. You'll find all kinds of military documents about it. All right. Now, finally, develop the emergency kit. Have an earthquake plan. Don't be scared. Be prepared. The world's about to end. Get right with God. Stock up on food and water in case you're not. And, or you get left behind. Or... We're all wrong, and it's not the end, and it's just sucky times. Okay, a little bit of tongue-in-cheek there, but you need to have supplies. You need to have food and water, and you need to have a lot of it. I'm thinking you're probably going to need a few months' supply of food and water, guys, for what's coming. I don't know. I hope I'm wrong. I was, you know, I said the same thing about the, uh, in case you're new here. Go back to December 2019. 
December 2019, I'm getting messages from my Asian viewers sending me links to things from, from China, showing people twitching on the ground and falling over on the street and stuff. And I get on, and I'm like, guys, have you seen this out of China? And everybody's like, no, Dutch, what are you talking about? And I'm like, uh, I don't know, here's the link. And everybody's like, ah, oh, eh, those look fake. That's not. There's nothing going on over in China. What are you talking about there? And I'm like, I don't know, guys. It looks like it's happening more and more. You're probably going to want to stock up. People call me a fear monger. And I'm like, I'm not fear mongering. I'm just telling my viewers to stock up on food and water just in case there's something to happen. Oh, you don't need to stock up. Regular flu is worse. Blah, blah, blah. Well, maybe it is, maybe it isn't. But everybody went crazy. All the shelves went empty. And I told all my viewers to stock up. Thank God I did. Because they all stocked up. And then within about a month and a half, maybe two months at the most, everything was cleared out. Everybody's going crazy. One cart limits. Six feet apart. All that shit. Pardon my language. But it was. It was that stuff. That's an appropriate S word. So I would encourage you to have a plan and be prepared. Stock up on food and water. Don't let anybody shame you about hoarding food and water. Because, like, when it hits the fan, they're going to be the first person to come and try to get it from you. The same people who shame you for stocking up are going to be the same people. It's the story of the ant and the grasshopper. This is the childhood story. It's like a fairy tale or whatever you want to call it. You know the story of the ant and the grasshopper, right? I'll just sum it up and paraphrase it for you. The ant works his ass off all summer long stocking up while the cricket sits outside and fiddles around all the time playing his fiddle. Then the cold weather comes. The ant closes up, seals the door shut, and they've got the stockpile for the winter. The cricket that's been fiddling away all summer comes up and knocks at the door and wants to get in. And the ants don't reply. And the cricket dies outside without any stock or supply because they sat there tweeting away. Tweeting away all winter, all summer long. And then when winter comes, what happens? They come a-knocking. And there will be a boatload of people that are just like that. So don't be one of those people. And you got to be prepared for those people. That's the other thing. you got to be ready for the people who are going to be coming to come asking for stuff. Either you got to have a supply on hand that looks like pretty like meager. And you're going to have to put on the skinny long face and like act like you're hungry. But I'm thinking people are going to be roaming around with weapons. Trying to take whatever they can and they don't care what about you. So you might want to think about being prepared like that, but I don't know where to tell you. I mean, you're going to become Bruce Lee. You're going to become Neo and start dodging bullets. It's better to not be in that situation in the first place. Anyway, are you prepared? For real, though, are you? Are you really? Anyway, 9.09 p.m. Yeah, pretty heavy. <laughs> That's like the heaviest way to end it ever. Are you prepared? You better be. Dear God, where have we gotten to, man? You can come hang with me here. We'll start our own little compound here. I'll tell you what. When it all hits the fan, I'll turn on the radio broadcast with the beacon, and you can go, I'll come here, and we'll secure the area around here. We'll make Dutch Dutchistan the first peaceful the first people will be based on the original United States Constitution. Yeah. 
Yeah. By law, everybody becomes an automatic hemp farmer. If you don't, you're going to get in trouble. Dutchistan, my new country. Where I will be the grand pooba, of course, because, you know, I'm the YouTube video maker, of course. And ego out the ass. I think it has gone on long enough, wouldn't you say? I think we've gone appropriately off the rails, class. Class is now dismissed. I'll be back with another update, most likely tomorrow.